Good evening. Uh, welcome. Tonight's class is um, dedicated uh, by my father. Um, this is in honor of his brother. Tonight is the Shloshim, the 30 days since my uncle's passing. May this be a big schus for my uncle. Very special. Always my favorite uncle when I grew up. Um, we always knew him as Uncle Laser. Uh, he would uh, he would laugh because his name is Laser Wolf, so Laser Wolf from Fiddler on the Roof. But he was such he is uh, really really a a the the uh, all the good times and fun and and happiness that we had as kids was so related to my uncle. Um, had a, an extremely extremely difficult life. Never had children and um, many other hardships and yet had such a positive whoever came into contact with him would always just laugh just happy, funny, exciting uh, great, 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 great person um, so this should be an Elias Neshama to him passed away uh, very young at the age of 67 may this be an Elias Neshama to him Eliezer Yehuda ben Ruvain uh, may this be the schus of his neshama and lead his soul to the greatest, the greatest of heights. And may he channel lots and lots of brachas down to uh, family, to uh, relatives, to extended family, and the family shouldn't know any more of any more sadness and only joy and happiness from now on and forever. And may the departure be very, very, very short because momentarily, hopefully, we're going to be reunited with all those that have departed back down here in this world as Mashiach will come and the resurrection is going to come and all this is going to happen Bekar of Mamish. Another dedication on tonight's class was, this week we're keeping it in the family, a nephew of mine, um, Yanki Herzog, was dedicating tonight's class, Liz Chus, his mishpacha, for good things, for brachas and mazel, and only, only good things. You should have, Yankee, a lot of simchas in your family, and only, only happy things, and betoyv hanirav anigla in the revealed and good, good on all aspects. Yashikoyach, thank you for that dedication. Tonight, we are preparing for Pesach, and, um, and everybody's, you know, doing some kind of preparations, whether we're doing physical preparations, spiritual preparations, learning, studying. And the focus a lot is on the redemption on Pesach. And God commanded us to focus on the redemption, on going out of Egypt. Um, however, as everybody knows, I have Moshiach fever. And therefore, my excitement is not uh, etched so much in the past. Uh, that was three and a half thousand years ago. I'm more excited about what's happening right now in the world and the redemption that we're in the midst of experiencing now. We're definitely at the, at the, at the onset of a very, 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 very great redemption. So what I would like to focus on is the connection of Pesach, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, to the up and coming, and I don't even want to say up and coming, but the occurring redemption that's happening. Yes, I know that many people are still numb and are not opening up their eyes to see the unbelievable miracles that are occurring in front of our eyes. However, uh, that's the subject of tonight's class, about opening our eyes uh, to see the miracles, to, to, have, to see the miracles that are 
happening and we should anticipate with excitement the coming of Mashiach. Let's hope that it doesn't uh, take uh, long until it's revealed for the whole world to see. It happens very quickly. Shabbos, we were learning a passage in the Zohar. I give a, a class on Shabbos based on the Zohar. When we're learning on the, a, a class on the Zohar that was talking about the cosmic birth of Mashiach in the world and uh, the neshama of Mashiach and how um, in order for Mashiach's neshama to be born, there is this constriction and there are 70 cries uh, that are cried out by the mother, which is the Shekhinah, giving birth to Mashiach's neshama into this world. It talks about a gazelle that's giving birth. And the Zohar, what I didn't notice on Shabbos was that the Zohar talks about that the, the, um, the, this ayela, sashachar, this, this doe, this female doe, she cries out 70 times when she needs to give birth. And finally Hashem sends a snake and the snake bites her and that assists in the birth. And the Zohar talks about 70, 70 years, the last 70 years of exile as being those labor pains. Of, of it happening and then finally um, the Zohar speaks of the birth and the Zohar mentions something about two years taking this birth so there's 70 and there's another two so it's interesting uh, someone had mentioned on Shabbos as well that we are now exactly 72 years after the conclusion of the Holocaust um, so when we're talking about the birthing of a 70 year birthing and whoever has been paying attention to this class knows that we've been talking, uh, that over here at this class, I've been speaking about opening our eyes to the redemption very strongly for the last two years because we're definitely in the midst of a birthing process right now. It's happening. It's just a matter of how, you know, will someone need someone to come with a big uh, club and bang him on the head for a person to realize, hey, oh my God, how, wh- what is it going to take for people to open up their eyes and come out and take their noses out of their cell phones and, and, and actually become aware that we're living in the most transformative times, the most amazing times that are upon us already and that miracles are happening every day uh, constantly. And it's just a matter of our awareness, of our waking up. And the Golas is called a sleep. It's called a, a sleep and, or a dream. And like we all realize, when you wake up from a dream, it takes a while until you realize what's happening around you. You're, just, you're rubbing your eyes, your mind is croggy, you don't really know what's happening. I, I, I'm, I know for sure, and we can sense, that that's, the, that's where we're holding right now. And people are just still so tired, and we're yawning, and we're yawning, and we're not realizing that such awesome, the awesomeness of what's happening right now in front of our eyes. So t- to be able to appreciate a little better the miracles that are happening right now, uh, let's get into the fundamentals of the miracles of the redemption. What is supposed to happen? What are the root, core, essence of the miracles of the redemption? So it's an interesting pasuk. The pasuk and the nature of those miracles. Because there are different types of miracles. So when we come today, tonight's class is going to be a class on miracles. We're going to analyze miracles. We're going to try to, and hopefully this class should be a enhancer for the great miracles of Mashiach, but also for miracles for everyone and all that you need and all that you want, uh, that you should have a big miracle. Because uh, when we learn about miracles, the subject of miracles, let it bring miracles to everyone. In any case, it says a pasuk in Micha. It says, Ki As the days when you went out of Egypt, I will show you 
or I will show I will show him wonders. Meaning, like when you went out of Egypt, the going out of Egypt was accompanied, it was brought about through powerful miracles and wonders. So to the coming of Mashiach, Hashem says, I will show him, I will show the Jewish people such unbelievable miracles. The miracles of the redemption are going to be similar to the going out, to the miracles that happened when we went out of Mitzrayim. Um, so there's a comparison being drawn between the miracles of Yetzias Mitzrayim, which we had the ten plagues, then we had the splitting of the sea. So the coming of Mashiach is also going to involve incredible, incredible miracles. So the question, however, is, being that we know that the miracles that are going to happen after Mashiach come, with the, in the coming, in the up-and-coming redemption, or in the occurring redemption, um, are far, not only are they, because from this verse it seems to be implying that they're similar to the miracles of Yetzirah Mitzrayim, but not exactly like it. Whenever you are comparing one thing to the other, um, this is like, this will happen like that. So that's like the real thing, the real deal. And this is similar to that. Uh, but we know that's not true. We know from the prophets, from all the prophecies spoke, speak, speaking about the future, that the miracles expect, that we are to expect when Mashiach comes are far, far, far superior to the, to the miracles of Yetzirah Mitzrayim. So what is the emphasis of Ki Yemetzeh Eretz Mitzrayim? Almost making that the miracles of the future are hinged upon the going out of Egypt, on the miracles of then, and they're like that. So that needs some clarification we need to understand. Now there is an, an explanation uh, that explains, this is from uh, the Tzemach Tzedek, in which he explains, in order that we shouldn't have this question, like it seems to be that the miracles of the future are inferior to the miracles of uh, of of the I'm sorry are inferior to the miracles of the past. He says, no, let's read the pasuk a little better. As when you went out of Egypt, you experienced things. What is it? It says neflois. Neflois means wonders. Your mind, you were shocked, you were stunned by the awesomeness of what happened. That's what a mir- That's what the word neflois comes from. The word pella. Pella means a wonder. So when, when, just like when you, went out, when you went out of Egypt, there was things that stunned your mind, that shocked you. You had no way of processing what, what just happened. No one understood it. It, it completely um, bewildered the mind uh, of, and, and shocked the mind. Like, what happened? So when Mashiach will come, the miracles that are going to happen then are going to be shocking even to the generation that went out of Mitzrayim. That means that even the generation that went out of Egypt that have already... You might say they've seen everything. You can't stun them anymore. Anything you can show them, they've been there, I've been there and done that. But over here, the miracles of Mitzrayim are going to be so great, of, of Mashiach are going to be so great that it's that even those that experienced the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which by the way, the Arizal says that the generation that's going to experience the redemption is a reincarnation of the generation that went out of Egypt. So it's not just, it would be a shock. It literally is. That even though these people have experienced the greatest wonders, yes, yet we are still going to be with our mouth open. And we're not, because even compared to those miracles, those miracles are going to be considered like child's play in comparison to the miracles that are going to be in the future redemption. And this is to be taken from a 
It's the pirush of the tzemach tzedek in the words ki made tzeischam eretz b'tzayim. Just like over there, it was wonders. Erenu neflois. I will now show them wonders that are greater and that are a wonder even to the wonders of them. And this is based on a statement that it says in Yalkut. Yalkut Shemoni, in Parshas B'Shalach, on this Pasuk, Erenu Neflois, I will show him miracles. Hear these words. It's the Yalkut, it's a Medrash. Erenu Mashaloi Haresi La'avais. I will show him that which I did not show the fathers. Shahare Nisim V'Neflois, Shani Asid Lasais Im Habanim. Because the miracles and the wonders that I am going to do with the children, referring to the latter redemption, yoiser mahapela v'niflois, far more than the wonders and the and the and the, the wonder and the miracles, mashasisiyim avos and what I did with the fathers. And so it says in the pasuk, that the one who makes niflois gedolos, the one who does incredible great wonders. Levadai alone, kili olam chastai, of course, for him, his kindness is forever. So the Yalkut brings this pasuk, speaking about the greatest of miracles. And the Yalkut seems to be saying that that pasuk, where it says, that God does miracles alone, that is referring to the spectacular miracles and wonders that are going to happen when Mashiach comes, which are going to be. Much greater than the miracles when we went out of Mitzrayim. So, um, so then again, um, so the, but, but yet the Torah compares them. Yet the Pasuk compares them. So there is a certain, again, these are greater than those miracles, but they're connected to. Because we also know an interesting thing. We say it in the Agadah. We say that it, based on the Pasuk, Laman Tiskor is Yom Tzeischa. You should remember the day you went out, Me'eretz Mitzrayim, from the land of Egypt. Kol Yemechayachat says, You should remember the days you went out of Egypt, all the days of your life. This is a discussion that we say every Pesach by night. And the question is, what is it, whenever it, come, whenever it says kol, it means to add something. So all the days of the life knows, we know that we have to mention the Exodus every single day. Yetzirah Mitzrayim is a mitzvah. When we recite the Shema, we say at the end of the Shema, Ni Hashem. I am God, I took you out, Meretz Mitzrayim, from the land of Mitzrayim. But what does it come to add, kol yemei, the word kol? So there's an argument, one opinion says it means that at night time, we also have to say, uh, mention it. That's why we, by the Shema, we also, by the night Shema, we also say, Ani Hashem Lekechem, I took you out of Egypt. And the Chachamim say that it comes to teach us, that even in Mashiach's days, after Mashiach comes, we're still going to mention the going out of Egypt which tells us that even though the miracles and the light and the godly revelation that is going to be present when Mashiach comes is going to be so much greater than the godly revelation that happened when we went on Mitzrayim, so much to the point that it's considered like a candle. The light of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, the godly revelation of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, compared to the godly revelation of the future, is compared to a candle light, to, a, to, to, to the light of the sun, in the middle of the day, and we all understand that when you, a ca- the light of a candle is very, very, very effective and very helpful when you're in a dark room. Like we're going to be doing Badikas Chametz next week. You'll be searching for the Chametz with a candlelight. So in a dark closet, it gives you so much light. But if you go out in the middle of the afternoon, right at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, in the middle of a, of a sunny day, you have a candle, it doesn't add any light. 
So the light of the previous redemption compared, the godly revelation, it's nothing. But yet, we're still going to mention it when Mashiach comes. So we see in the idea that there is a certain, certain connection. And in a, so what is that? What is the idea? So to understand all of this, let's get a little bit of a deeper understanding into the character of miracles. In general, there are two types of miracles. There are miracles that are uh, earth-shattering. Again, there are miracles that are earth-shattering, which means they break open some kind of a natural, they break some kind of a natural phenomenon, and you see something divine happen. Something in nature, is, nature is suspended, something in the world of the natural order kind of stops and something else takes over. Okay? So these are miracles, or we will call the miracles that transcend nature. And like all the miracles that happened by Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, beginning with the first plague, I mean for a river to turn into blood, obviously there is no scientific explanation to that. And it's like, wow, what happened? Someone meddled with the river. Someone was manipulating nature. Obviously, and obviously that was the whole point. To show that God is not restricted to, the, to, to nature. God rules over nature. He can veto nature. Continuing on through all the miracles hitting the ground and all the earth of Egypt turns into lice and so on and so forth. And then suddenly when it becomes pitch black for six days in a row or in the like, fire and water coming together in the hail. Right? These mir- one after another. These were like clearly, clearly acts of God in the world and there was no way to no 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 way to challenge that. It was so clear, culminating in the great 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 miracle miracle of the sea splitting open. So these are clear miracles, miracles that transcend nature. And then there's another type of a miracle, which are miracles that are enclosed in nature. They are work, kind of within nature, and these are called what's called nisim hamalubashim beteva. They are miracles that are enclosed in nature. That's part of our Jewish experience every year. We have Pesach, but then we also have other holidays. We have the holiday of Purim, and we have the holiday of Hanukkah. In both Hanukkah and Purim, we make a special blessing. On Pesach, we also make the, this blessing, because Hashem did miracles for us. But in, in, in Pesach, we say a much longer version. We say and we have to thank all these miracles at the end right before we eat the matzah at the conclusion and before we drink the second cup we make a special blessing for the miracles that God has done for us that's a longer version of but we thank God for the miracles the other time of the year that we do that is but we have a shorter version the one who made, we're thanking God for the one who made miracles to our fathers in those days, in today's day. However, the nature of those miracles are very different. Now, the menorah miracle that happened on Hanukkah, that the, the lamp that was going to burn for one day, burned for eight days, that was an extraordinary miracle that defies logic completely. Yes. But the other miracles, the primary miracle that happened on Hanukkah, and that is that the Jewish people defeated their enemies was miraculous because it wasn't expected. The Jewish army was outgunned and outnumbered 
and they were fighting the mighty, mighty Assyrians. They were far, far, far. I mean, anybody would have betted on who was going to win the war. There wasn't even a chance, the slightest chance. Jews didn't have a fighting chance to win this war. And yet they won the war. So it was clearly a miracle. But it was a miracle that where nothing like that earth-shattering happened. It was an army that fought a war. It was just that within God empowered this army that every single attack that they did was successful. And the Greeks kept on having blunder after blunder after blunder and so on and so forth. And through these various different ways, we, the Jewish people won the war. Similarly, we saw in the Israeli-Arab wars, where also there was in the Six-Day Wars, like unbelievable things that happened. And other, where it didn't make any sense. I mean, the, 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 the amount and the, and the, 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 the and yet we won the, uh, and, and the Jews won the war. So this is a miracle. Same is also on Purim. The entire story of Purim is clearly the hand of God, but yet God is working through the, the natural, the, natural the, 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 the politics and the events, the occurrences that are happening in the, in the Persian capital, in, in Ahasuerus' kingdom. Okay, here he loves, he loves, he gets to fight with, his, he, 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 he gets angry with his first wife, and he has her killed, and he's a new wife. Out of all the women in the world, he chooses Esther, and he marries her, and then she and Mordechai happens to overhear this. Well, obviously, it's the whole thing is clearly divine. When, obviously, and the idea is that when you watched each individual part, one can think it's just ordinary happenings, a little, little, small piece of news that was mentioned probably maybe only on the third, fourth page in the, in the newspaper, in the Shushan Times. It was mentioned, some little story, but afterwards, when you clip out all these stories and you put them together, like the story of like what the Megillus Esther does, you see an incredible hand of God, you see a big miracle. But the miracle is enclosed in nature. Okay? So these are two types of miracles. Miracles that are spectacular, that shatter nature, and miracles work within nature. Now, within those miracles that work within nature, in that itself, there are three categories. There are miracles that work within nature, but you see clearly that this is a miracle. So much so that you have to make a bracha that God did a miracle for us, like the story of Hanukkah or the story of Purim, where we thank God for the miracle. And in our lives, these things happen sometimes. Something happened, a wall came falling down on top of someone, and they missed, and the whole wall, all the bricks that fell, missed the person. There was a chasashalm, a big earthquake, and someone comes out alive, even though big ton of whatever. That's a miracle. And they probably need to say the bracha, she'asa nisim lavayseinu, where you can see the clear, even though it's within nature. In other words, it wasn't like uh, some, some, some outer force from outer space came down suddenly and whisked them up and brought them. I took. It's not like that happened, but the fact that it missed them by an inch. A person, people sometimes have stories. There was a person shot them, and the and the and the and the bullet hit something they had in their pocket, and it just missed it. Right? So these are stories. These are miracles, and I think again you would have to ask a rabbi. But I think in, in many of those cases, I mean that's the halacha. You, 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 you can't just make what's called the regular birchas ha-gomel. A gomel is when you thank God for a Hashem being extra special kind to you. Someone is in an accident, an ordinary thing, and he comes out and he's okay. You make a bracha ha-gomel. Sometimes it's, it's clear that a, that a miracle happened, but yet it's a miracle within nature. That's, that's one level. Then there's another level, and where the sages say that there are four people that's supposed to thank God. Four people. 
someone who was ill and he came out of and, and he was seriously ill, obviously more than just having a flu, and then he was healed. So he's supposed to make a special blessing by the Torah. Someone who came out of jail, someone who crossed the desert, and someone who crossed the sea. Okay, so these are cases, and obviously the dangers in those days of going through the crossing the sea or going through the desert were to a greater, greater than today's days. But yet uh, we still make those those blessings. But the, so here too there is a miracle, meaning you have Hashem's personal providence to watch over the person. The person came out of his sickness and the illness. And in a case maybe when you might say that 70% or 80% of the people that have this illness will not, uh, will not um, survive or not be healed, and this person was healed. And the fact that they were healed, so that too is a miracle. But here the miracle is more enclosed within nature. And then there is a third kind of miracle enclosed in nature. The sages say, Rabbi Lazar says, Amr Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says, on the Pasuk, that God does incredible wonders alone. So the sages say, we're talking about miracles that are so hidden, that are filu balhanes, even the recipient of the miracle, Enoi Makir, doesn't even recognize that a miracle just happened. There are, there are times, not times, there are many times, that God is performing incredible wonders for us. But those wonders are so concealed within the flow of life, of the natural course of events, that we don't even realize that the incredible miracle that just happened. We just happened to have um, you know, uh, gotten up, walked over there, and we met someone. And because we met that person by accident, we weren't supposed to go here, but we happened to have, we call these things hashkacha pratis, like divine providence, things happen. But a lot of times they go out of what we might call hashkacha pratis, and they, they could be counted in the realms of miracles. But here we're talking in cases where we don't realize that. I mean, we don't even realize that a miracle happened. It is so camouflaged. It is so covered up. In, in, in nature, that it goes by us completely without even noticing it. So these are three levels in miracles that are enclosed in nature. So now, and on this the Gemara says, levado. What does that mean? He does great wonders alone, implying that the only one who knows about that great wonder is God. God is the one who knows, because even the recipient of the, of the miracle has no clue that something awesome just happened to him. He has no idea. He or she has no idea that it happened. And that's why we say, Now, if this is the case, we have a very big question. I quoted to you a medrash before, where the medrash talks about the incredible miracles that are going to happen after Mashiach comes. Or by the coming of Mashiach. And the medrash says that the miracles that God is going to do to the children is going to be far superior than the miracles that God did to the fathers. And these are going to be like massive miracles. And which pasuk does the Medrash bring? This is what it says, that he does, he does wonders alone. So that's, that's, that's strange. Because didn't we just say that the, the miracles that come from this, that God does wonders alone, no one even realizes it? I mean, by, by when Mashiach will come, there's going to be such incredible miracles. 
earth-shattering miracles as we were expecting. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be earth-shattering miracles. And yet we're saying, and these are the biggest miracles, to the point that they're greater even than the miracles of Yetzirah Mitzrayim. And yet, which Pasuk is the Medrash bringing? The Pasuk of Loisin of Lois Gedolos Levada, which are talking about miracles that go unnoticed. Only God knows about them. Which seem to be that these are the most inferior miracles. Now, of course, if we were to, if we're to line up now the miracles and try to think, like, what is a bigger miracle? So the miracles that happened when we went out of Egypt, the, they are, if, we, if, we're to list, if we're going to number the miracles, they are, they are numbered uh, 9 and 10. Right? Miracles that happen that completely break nature. So these are miracles that are on the level, on the miracle scale. We will give them a 9 and a 10. Okay, and you, you can go through your makis and decide which one is an 8, which one is a 9, and which one is a 10. Okay, on your... Okay, but that's that, that level. Then we have the miracles that are kind of enclosed in nature, the Hanukkah Purim miracles. So we will give those a seven. And maybe a six. Six and a seven. And then we have miracles that, wow, that you have to thank God for. And you notice that something unusual happened. But it's not like that Hashem was masked in nature, but it's a miracle. Ooh, those miracles, we will rate them at a five. And then the miracles that no one knows, even the person himself doesn't know. So what are you going to give these miracles? A three or a two or a one. And now we're saying that the big miracles that are going to happen when Mashiach comes, that are going to far outdo the miracles that were done when we went out of Egypt, those miracles are associated with which verse? Lo'oisei neflois gedolos levado, that God does... Great wonders alone, which on that pasuk the sages say, on that verse the sages say, that these are the miracles that no one notices. And these are the miracles that are considered to be the biggest miracles making Yetzias Mitzrayim look like, as we said earlier, like child's play compared to these miracles. So these are got to be the miracles of 10, 10 plus. And yet, we're bringing on them the pasuk, and so first of all, the first thing we have to realize is that this is already telling us that even though when Mashiach comes, we're going to have really, 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 really super, super, super things happening, but a lot of what's going to be happening is going to be these kinds of miracles that are completely camouflaged. And as I've been telling you, happening and happening, where no one is even noticing these unbelievable things that are going on in the world, and people are just, okay, like... But, 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 but that too at least is being noticed a little bit. But then there are still so much things that are happening that we don't notice at all. Okay? But now we need to understand. So why are they called La'oisin of Lois? Why are these the biggest miracles? And the answer to that is, um, the degree of revelation of the miracle doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily um, point or demonstrate the power of the miracle. In truth, it works the opposite. The more the miracle can hide, and the more the miracle can slip into the world unnoticed, is actually an indication that the miracle is coming from a higher place. What is a miracle in general? A miracle means that God is intervening. Okay, there is divine intervention. Now let's understand something. Nature is also divine. Who set nature into motion? God set nature into motion. And God is overseeing and directing and making nature happen every minute. That's also true. However, in Hasidic 
we learned so many times, even though that too is coming from Hashem, that's coming from a lower level of godliness where, God, where Hashem has systemized his, himself, his energy to flow in a certain consistent, predictable manner. And generally, that's associated with the name of Elohim. That's why by creation, and Elohim is the name Elohim, when God creates the world, it says actually 32 times that the word Elohim. Bayomer Elohim, 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 Elohim. Because Elohim is the name of God as he systemizes his energy to operate within a certain consecutive, continuous, repetitive form. This is the way it works. The sun comes on the east and it goes down in the west. There's forces of gravity, there's this force and that force. This is what keeps everything and everything continues to work in the same way. That's nature. That's why Elohim is Gematria HaTeva. So that means that even though God is not limited, defined by any definitions, He takes, He has a certain name in which He does assume certain characteristics and certain properties. And those properties are the property of nature, even though, what are those properties made out of? What is that system made of? It's made out of nothing other than God's will. Okay? But yet, that's the system. So that we might say, we might, we might call that the, immin- the imminence of God. God's presence in the world continuously. Then, what's a miracle? A miracle is that when, when for whatever reason something is necessary, Hashem intervenes in a specific manner. God gets involved in a particular way, which means that He is getting involved from a place higher than the ordinary system, that that system is also Him. But he is getting involved from a higher level of the divine scheme of light, or, or, or Hashem's, right? From a deeper and a higher attribute, from a higher place within God. That's miracles in general. Now the question is, all these different miracles, miracles that are completely transcendent, and miracles that are involved in nature, God is intervening in all of them. The question is, which one is coming from a higher level of divine intervention? So the Kabbalists tell us an amazing thing that the miracles that are enclosed in nature and they don't create much ripples and they don't, they're not earth shattering maybe they make some ripples but they don't blow the whole world away actually come from a much higher place meaning God is getting involved from a much infinite and more transcendental or more distant dimension of God's energy and light and life force is getting involved and precisely because of that, it's not messing up nature. Because you see, when the powers of the divine that are above nature get involved, they're supposed to blow nature apart. Because nature is working within a certain, a certain limited energy. It's like when you will infuse a bulb or a pipe with some very high water pressure, and you'll put it in and blow, you'll blow the fuse, or you'll blow the pipe apart. Because it, the tank, it cannot hold such intense pressure. So when you're introducing into the world a godly, a godly power that is beyond that limited, defined energy that God systemized to work with in nature, it's going to blow it apart. And that's what happened in Mitzrayim, that the miracles that came were from a place above nature, but precisely because they're above, they cause a, a shattering within the nature can't handle it, so they break. The miracles that are... are, are, are are enclosed and involved and, kind of, and, and, and slipping in within the natural order, but yet we see that God is involved. The reason why the intense involvement of God is not breaking nature is because this miracle is emanating from a place where Hashem's power is so great 
that he's able to involve himself. He's omnipotent. He's able to con- he's able to project and he's able to uh, uh, channel that energy and not break the vessel. And the reason why he's not breaking the vessel is not because the vessel is a vessel for it. The vessel is not a container. Nature is not a container to such a powerful light. But because he is so unlimited, so he's able to do the job without too much, without, without, without uh, repercussions. There doesn't have to be collateral damage. He's able to do it without, how do you know? You call a technician to fix something. So what's the real, real chachma? You have a technician who comes and he fixes your problem, but he breaks five other things while he's doing it. This is important. You have to rescue Right, or, or a doctor that heals someone, and while they're doing, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, there's a lot of damage in the person as a result of the surgery or as a result of this. So that's that. Listen, he took care of the main problem, but many other things got damaged. But the real, real expert and the real, real doctor is able to do the surgery, is able to fix the problem, and nothing and everything is without messing anything up that's around it. The fact that God can provide a miracle and not cause any breakage in His system is an indication that this is coming from a much deeper and higher place. The highest and greatest miracles, those that are are the ones that when they come into nature, no one even notices them at all. That's why the Pasuk says, The real Nefloos Kedolos, the big, big wonders are the ones, Levado, that he alone knows about it. Where are they coming from? They're coming from the level of God where he is called Levado, he alone is and there's no one with him. We're talking about a place where only he is, no one can even know him. That inner, inner, high, high place, that's where the miracles are coming from. Comes out according to that, that the greater the miracle is, the more, the greater the godly power behind the miracle, the less invasive the miracle is in the natural order. The more matter-of-factly it is. No one even blinks an eye. And that's what we're saying according to this, that Tzemach Tzedek says, as your type, by the way, is next week, so he says, that is the greatness of Mashiach's miracles. There's going to be such incredible wonders. But the reason they're not going to cause such a shattering and a breaking of all of creation is because they're coming from a place that's levado. He alone is, and there's none but him. So from that very, very high and deep place, it can be done in such a way that allows the world to continue running and everybody's walking around as if nothing happened. And yet the greatest, most spectacular things are happening. Now we'll understand also why the Pasuk says, according to this explanation, we're not going to leave it by here, but just explain, because this is like taking away the whole fireworks. Because if I'm going to leave you with Mashiach's coming, in a way that it's just going to be like, a matter of fact, come on, it's not, it's not exciting. I'm not going to leave you here. But this is at least in the process, okay? So when it says, No, it says, Like the days when you went out of Egypt, I will show you wonders. So what's the emphasis on the words, I will show I will show you wonders, or I will show him wonders. Now we understand why 
the greatness of the Pasuk doesn't just say there, doesn't say there will be wonders. It says, I will show you wonders. The reason why it says, I will show you wonders is because these very, very big miracles are happening all the time. In exile, when the Jewish people have been around in the exile for 2,000 years, we have been shielded and protected by these crazy, extraordinary miracles that are coming from the innermost of God's essence all the time. Whether entire communities, whether individual people, we've been living among 70 wolves that have, we say it in, 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 in the Haggadah, not only one generation, one person wanted to destroy us, every generation there are so many who gang up upon us and they want to shred us to pieces, and the little sheep survives. Obviously that's because God Himself is with us the entire time protecting and doing the highest miracles for us. However, until Mashiach comes, we don't notice them. Why? That's the whole thing. Because they're less, they're not evasive. They're done in such a way where there is no, there's no, there's no damage to nature that is done because the power of the miracle. The chidush, the novelty of Mashiach is that God is going to open our eyes to be able to see them. That's the whole point. Erenu nifla'ois. I will show you those wonders. The nature of miracles that, I mean, we might say, the character of the miracles that come from Levado, where, where we say the level of God where He is alone, the pure, pure essence, so to speak, of the Ein Sof, where He is alone. The character of intervention, when it comes from that place, is to remain anonymous and hidden and concealed, that no one notices it. The character of the miracles that happen from a place of levado is to be levado. Levado means that, that no one noticed that God was here. No one noticed that God walked into the room right now and performed the greatest miracle. No one notices. The chiddush when Mashiach comes is, the novelty is, those miracles I will show you. So according to that, according to this whole explanation, the greatness of the messianic miracles of Mashiach times is the miracles that are going to happen are going to be completely natural. Meaning so normal to us and the whole novelty over here is that Hashem is going to give us the ability to recognize and to understand that wow, wow, these are miracles. You can open our eyes to be able to see them. However... The problem with this explanation, it's a great explanation, but it still doesn't fit very well in the Pasuk. Like the days you went out of Egypt, I will show you wonders. Why doesn't it fit very well in the Pasuk? For two reasons. Number one, if we're comparing it then to the miracles that when we went out of Egypt, let's ask the question, in, in the miracles when we went out of Egypt, were they earth-shattering miracles or were they non-evasive miracles? Those miracles were clearly earth-shattering. They were very, very noisy miracles. They were miracles that came with a big boom. And we're saying like similar to when you went out of Egypt, I will show you wonders. So it would seem to imply that when Mashiach will come, there will be spectacular, extraordinary, otherworldly miracles that are going to completely sh- go against every aspect of nature. Because we're comparing the two. 
Hashem will show us those miracles. That's one thing. Secondly, it says, Erenu, I will show you Nifloi's wonders. The, the, the definition of a wonder is when you don't understand something, when something when you can't make sense of something. If we're saying like we're saying now, that God slips these miracles in, in a manner that is just natural and normal, it just kind of works kind of within the order of the world, then we do comprehend them, then we do understand them. It's, it's like the normal world. And here we're saying, it's, I will show you wonders. So this is implying that there will be miracles of the other type as well. But then if that's the case, if we're saying that, the, that when Mashiach will come, we might argue and might say, okay, so there's going to be both kind of miracles. There are going to be miracles that are going to be completely camouflaged within nature. And the, and the novelty in those miracles is that we're going to have the insight and the eyesight to be able to notice and see those miracles. That even though usually when that happens, Ein Balhanes Makir Benisai, the owner, the person, the recipient of the miracle doesn't recognize the miracle that happened. We will have eyes, we will see it. And then there will also be other miracles, powerful, spectacular, earth-shattering miracles. In a sense, as we said even earlier at the beginning of the class, it will make even the generation that went out of Mitzrayim uh, bewildered of the greatness of those miracles. And that too will happen. But then the question is, so why does the Pasuk then have to emphasize Erenu, we will see them? Of course we will see them. If something so earth-shattering and shocking happens, and, it, and it, again, if it blasts nature apart, how can we not see them? The only way not to see them, God forbid, is someone is dead. I mean, if you, if you have eyes, you hear it, of course you see it. It's impossible not. If you're alive, you will see it. So in order to understand this, let's get a little bit deeper into the difference between, as we said earlier, the, the, the underlying uh, um, causes of why certain miracles we see a little bit deeper than we explained earlier and certain miracles we don't see. The reason for the miracles that are seen, each one of them has a quality. Miracles that are revealed miracles, noisy miracles, and quiet miracles. Both of them have a quality over each other. The beauty of Mashiach is that when Mashiach will come, it will be the perfection of both types of miracles, both of them together. Type A and type B miracles. And in both of them, there is a novelty when Mashiach comes. There is a chiddush over what happened in the past. So what is that? And the idea is as follows. We mentioned earlier that the miracles that are completely enclosed in nature to the point that no one even notices them, they come from God's very, very, very essence. They stem from Hashem Himself. And because it's from, right, and from Hashem Himself, so but then we really have to ask the question How is it possible then That if God himself walked into the room That no one noticed him How is it possible 
that nature, that's what we're saying, the natural world is covering and concealing and blocking the Ebeshter God himself. We understand that God created two powers within the world. A power of Gilui, a power of Godly revelation, which generally is associated with the name Yudke Vavke Ani Hashem. The name Yudke Vavke, the Tetragrammaton, is a name of divine revelation. And then Hashem created a power through which He conceals Himself called the name of Elohim. And we know that the name of Yudke Vavke and the name of Elohim are two forces that work hand in hand. And the name of Elohim has power to conceal and block the name of Yudke Vavke. There's a pasuk that says in Tehillim, Shemesh umagein Hashem Elokim. That Hashem, the two names, Hashem and the name of Elokim, are compared to the sun and its sheath. Sheath is a, right, the, the sun, I mean, just like the sun we know is too powerful, because we wouldn't be able to contain, and be able to receive the light of the sun as it is. When we say the naked rays of the sun are too strong, so Hashem covers the sun with a, with a, with a container, and that kind of blocks the intense rays of the sun. Similar to that, there's a name of Yudke Vavke, Hashem's. And then there's the name of Elohim, which conceals. And as we said earlier, Elohim is the source of nature. So nature conceals ungodliness. However, that is true about God's names. The name of Yudke Vavke could be blocked by the name of Elohim. But how is it possible? that something should block on Hashem Himself, not on His names. When you're dealing with the name, you can understand that Hashem made one name to block the other name. But when we're dealing with Hashem Himself, how can there be anything that conceal and can block God's, God, God Himself? Levado? Hashem Himself? So usually you say that what? Okay, He is hidden, Hashem Himself is here. so why don't we see Him all the time? We don't see him all the time, not because nature blocks. We don't see him all the, all the time because he is so... He, he, this is a level that's beyond revelation. It's not something that is visible. It's so, so deep and so high that we can't... We can't, we can't it's, it's, it, it, it's called, in, in, as we learned, it's called the darkness that's higher than light. It's because it's, so, it's like a very deep, hidden concept that you don't understand. Not because... It's, it's because it's just too deep to grasp it. So... But we're talking about when God does a miracle, meaning that He is being active. He is emerging. He is revealing. He's, he's, he's not in His intrinsic, concealed, private state. He is in a projected state. He's coming out. If He is coming out, how can there be something that will conceal Him? How can nature block? And the answer to that is that nature, that here's a very, it's totally opposite of what we think. Completely opposite. The, the, the reason why, and this is such a cool idea, literally, what I'm going to share with you now is like one of the coolest ideas we've ever spoken about. You see, the, na- the reason why a miracle, the reason why a miracle of the very, 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 coming from the deepest, innermost of Hashem, is, is obscured and bl- is, is not noticeable, can go completely unnoticed, that can be so private and so unknown, is not because it's being blocked, quite on the contrary, because it's totally revealed. See, the more revealed something is, the more we won't notice it. Let's hold it, but if it's revealed, we should notice it. No, 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 no. 
the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate revelation of something is that it's so normal that we won't, well, we won't notice it. And that's the sign that it's ultimately revealed. Again, I know it's a little confusing thought, so give me a second to develop that. And here is, here is the idea. You see, the difference between the miracles that are, that are shocking and the miracles that are not shocking is when a, when, when a shocking miracle happens, when a powerful, right, when the sea splits, when something like that happens, you see, we are then fortunate enough to experience the divine. Literally, the people stood by the Yamsuf or the people stood next to the Nile River when Moshe lifted up that staff and he hit the Nile River and Aaron, Moshe didn't hit, Aaron hit the Nile, the Nile and suddenly it turned into blood. Wow! Everybody that was there witnessed the God. But let's really understand, did they witness God or did they witness the effects of God? Or did they witness God? See, they didn't witness God. What they saw was the repercussions of something divine. Obviously, Moshe Rabbeinu, with his swing, or Aaron HaKohen, with the swing of his staff, when he hit the, the Nile River, in that swing, he was drawing down a powerful, powerful infusion of God's transcendental energy. But the, the, people, the people that were standing there, did they absorb this miracle? Did, it, did they see? First of all, they, did it, they saw the effects of the miracle. But since they were left dazzled, and they had no idea what was going on, how did this happen? So when they went to sleep at night, imagine if you were there while that happened. You were just sitting there and wondering, and wondering, and wondering. So like, what happened? Which means that what, what just happened didn't... You, you saw that it happened, the existence of the divine you experienced, but not the substance of the divine. What occurred didn't... Because you, you don't know how it happened. You just know that something super took place. Something abnormal took place. Let's say, it was, let's say when Elisha, um, this, the student of Eliyahu Anavi, the, Elisha went and resurrected the little boy who had passed away. Right? Famous story, we read in the Navi. And we witnessed Tchias Mason, the resurrection of the dead. Those who witnessed it had no clue how what happened. No one understands how it happened. What you know is that something godly happened. That means that the miracle remains a mystery. The miracle is, on the one hand, there's godly revelation. But on the other hand, that revelation is not really revealing itself. Because the revelation is remaining above you. It's hanging out over here. Above your head, above your understanding. You don't know what it is. However, in miracles that are enclosed in nature, like the story of Achashverosh, here the miracle came so much closer to each and every one of us. Because that divine intervention, me and you can tell the story. I know, you know, all the people that were there knew what happened. Everybody can say, well, let's tell the story. Achashverosh um, got angry at his wife and he killed her. Then he fell in love with Esther. And then this happened and then that happened. And you can... So which means the story, which is really purely God. It's God himself. But God is, incl- is coming down in a way that... That the story could be told. If the story could be told, that means that the people are absorbing something godly. We're absorbing God, godliness. This divine intervention, which was a higher, a higher level of Hashem, is now absorbed in the people. Their neshamis, their souls, their intellect, 
is now taking in something godly. When, when, by Yetzirah Mitzrayim, by the great miracles of Egypt, that's not what happened. It spilled over them. But they couldn't absorb it. They recognized the power of God, but they didn't, the godliness itself didn't enter into them because they, no, they didn't know what happened, how it happened. So when a miracle, or let's take it even further, that's when a miracle is like the miracle of Hanukkah and Purim. How about even when the miracle is God's intervention, but God's intervention is that a medicine is suddenly when someone was sick, a new medicine came out. The FDA happened to approve this medication a day after this person got sick. This thing, this, this medication has been sitting and waiting to be approved for, for years. And God orchestrates it exactly that the medication is now approved and it could be, or whatever, uh, it, it, could be, it could be used at this time. Oh, that's a clearly divine miracle. But over here... The miracle is even far more comprehended. You understand? How are you healed? You were healed through this medication. Even though it was God doing it, but God is doing it completely in a way where, where the, the godliness is absorbable. You're understanding it. You're taking it in. Comes out according to that. The ultimate, ultimate absorption. The ultimate, ultimate, ultimate absorption of the divine miracle in which you absorb it completely, is in a case where you don't, after it happened, you, no one even is talking about a miracle. It's just, as we said earlier, in a case where no one even knows that anything special happened. When it is so normal and so natural. Because as long as there is still something in the story where you're wondering, and you're saying, how did that happen? Like, what, what occurred? The fact that you're wondering means that it's still hovering a little bit above you. But if you're not even wondering, it's just so normal. Yeah, this is the way it is. What is that a sign? That is a sign. That, again, its essence is, where is it coming from in its essence? Its essence is pure in self. It's coming from God himself. But the power is the power of God to reveal himself. The ability of Hashem to make himself known to you is so strong that he's able to contract and contract his infinite, omnipotent power to the point that it, he enters a, a, to make himself conceivable and knowable to you in a matter that you don't even, you don't even bat an eyelash. It's so normal. I think I, I, I the, the idea over here is, just to say, is that, uh, we spoke about this many times, that a, 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 the, the greater the teacher is, the deeper the teacher is, the lower they can go with their teaching. The fact that Shlomo HaMelech was able to explain his teachings, even to children, was a sign of the great brilliance of the teacher. The fact that he can take it down, 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 down. You know, a teacher who can only teach to college professors, that means that their, their, their degree of, of, of wisdom is, 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 is limited. But the teacher that can simplify things down, down, down to a kindergarten, to a nursery, to little, 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 and they should understand that that's the ultimate power of how, how endless that teaching is. The case that God can take something emanating from Him Himself and channel it down so, 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 so low that we don't even realize that anything extraordinary happened, and it's so normal to us, means that He's so revealed. It's not concealed. He is the power. He's so revealed. There's nothing. 
You see, where the miracle remains spectacular, there there's a concealment. Because the miracle is, is in a place that it's above your head. So it's not fully revealed in you. There's something blocking. Here there's nothing, your mind is blocking. Here the mind isn't blocking anymore. Nothing is blocking. It's so, it's so normal. And to understand this a little better, if I was to describe a hundred years ago, two hundred years ago, if I was to describe to a person living then, the normal world that you, are, you and I are living in today, the normal things that are going on over here, that I can hold this little instrument in my hand, and from here I can connect and talk to every human being across the planet. This person would tell me, well, that means you're living in Mashiach's days. Those are the miracles of Mashiach. No. Would, would not a person tell me that? That means you are living. These are the messianic prophecies. That's not normal. Does anybody blink an eye? Does anybody think this is crazy? I can study the... Imagine if I told someone, you know, who was a book collector. A book collector in the olden days that has been working all his life to collect and make a library. Of books and books and books. And all day long he's researching where can he get that book and where can he get that book. And he knows as far as he's going he's never going to get the entire Jewish library because there are so many books across. And if I told him that I, that in a hundred years from now, every literal, literally, every pisher is going to have a little device in which he can have the entire library of the entire Torah, all of the books of Kabbalah, all of the books of Jerusalem, all on one little device like this. And he can sit over there and with his finger go like this and scroll through everything. Doesn't have to move. Just push one button and he can open up the, 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 the Talmud over here. Then he can push this, uh, this move over a second and open up the deepest Eitz Chaim of Kabbalah. And he can, do, he can get Hasidic form, books of Musr. And not only that, he can take all books that there are. I mean, this is not normal. Yet, it's so normal. These are crazy miracles. You'll say, it's, you'll say it's scientific discovery. These are godly miracles. It's just that it has become so normal, and it's so normal, no one even, know, no one even bats an eye that it's not normal. This is the power of the Ein Sof. This is the power of the Ein Sof to emerge into the world and to explain himself, so to speak, to, so, to simplify it so much that it doesn't even shock a three-year-old. Because three-year-olds can do the same thing. It's abnormal. That's the greatness of miracles that are enclosed in, in nature. But on the other hand, there are miracles that are what? What's the root? What's the source of miracles that we can't comprehend? Miracles that are earth-shattering. So the root of those miracles, so those miracles remain, what's the point? Those miracles are not explainable. They remain above. They're higher than us. But what's the root of those miracles in God? Why? Hold it. So then the question is, why couldn't God reveal those miracles too? If he's, if he's the spectacular teacher, and if he wants to communicate himself to all of us, so why these enormous those big miracles, why do they remain above and not revealed? So the Mittler Rebbe, 
the son of Reb Shneur Zalman of Liandi, explains one thing, and we're going to leave when this is going to lead into the conclusion of what we're going to talk about tonight. And he says that in the Zohar, when it speaks about the essence of the of the Ein Sof, the essence of the Orein Sof of God, it says two characteristics about him, which is both both expressing the idea that God is limitless, but his limitlessness is expressed in two opposite in two opposite modes. And let me read you this phrase of the Zohar. The Zohar says, Orin Sof, the infinite one, Lamata Mata Ad Ein Tachlis, he is below, 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 without an end. And then, Ulamayla Mayla, he is above, above, Ad Ein, no, Lamayla Mayla, what's the Lushan over here? Give me a second. Um, the words are, I just want to make sure I get it. Yeah, Lamata Mata Ad Ein Tachlis, he is below, below, Without, there's no end to how low he can go. And then there's another expression of him, and that is, He is above, above, with to no end. What does that mean? What does it mean? He's below, below, without, an, without. So the difference is as follows Below, below, without an end means he can lower himself and lower himself and lower himself and lower himself and explain himself to anybody. There's no limitation on how low God can come. That means how much He can reveal Himself. What does it mean He's above, above, without an end? Above, above, without an end means that there's no end to how mysterious He is. On the one hand, if He chooses to reveal Himself to an ant, even an ant can conceive and understand Him. On the other hand, even the most celestial, highest, deepest, giant, abstract, endlessly abstract mind cannot fathom it. In other words, these are the two, two expressions of him. He is hidden with, without an end of how deeply hidden he is. How, how hidden is God? He can hide and no matter how much you will reveal and explore, you will never, ever, 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 ever conceive him. Because he will always be a step higher. And even if you go higher, he will even be higher. And no matter how high you go, you'll never, ever, ever, ever get to the end of him. But on the other hand, he comes down so low, 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 that everybody can get him and everybody can understand him. I'll give a little example to this idea. This is expressed in, in a Pasuk of Chumash. In any Pasuk of Chumash. Any verse in the Chumash. Any verse in the Chumash. Not every verse, but so many of the verses. You can learn it. You can study it with a two years old. And God spoke to Moshe saying. It's not a hard thing. God spoke to Moshe saying. Can a three-year-old understand that? Yes. There was a man called Moshe. God spoke to him. Fine. That's understood. Is there anybody in the world that has any clue of what it means that God spoke to Moshe? Saying. No one can fathom the infinite mystery that's in those words. So on the one hand, even the genius of geniuses can never crack the depth of the hidden mysteries that are in those words. But even the simplest of children can, even not, not a smart child, even, even a very, very simple child can get it. These are two powers in, in, in the Ein Sof. And that's the root from where these two different kinds of miracles come from. Miracles that shatter and break the world are coming from the mystified element of God that no matter how high, you can't get them. And that's what they express. They express 
God wants us to know that we can't get them. That we can't understand them. That's why He does something and He bewilders us. He causes our minds to, to shake. I have no idea what happened. That's, what, that's the root of the miracles that happened by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The root of the other kinds of miracles, the Hanukkah miracles, the Purim miracles, is the opposite. They are, dis- they are expressing another side of God. But another side of the same limitlessness of Him. His limitlessness is that he has no limitations, that he's able to reveal himself even, even, even to the lowest. So he can bring his miracle down that, it, that, that first of all, it's camouflaged in nature. It's camouflaged so much that you don't even know it's a miracle. And it's camouflaged so much that even the person received it has no clue that any miracle happened, accepts it as totally normal. And it's both the power of the Ein Sof, but one of them is expressed in transcendence, and the other one is expressed in imminence. The two sides of the Orient Sof. So now that we know that, now let's take a look when Mashiach will come. What kind of miracles will there be? Will the miracles be, will be, will the miracles be coming from Mata Mata Adein Tachlis, from God's ability to be able to go, 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 go down, 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 down without an end? Or will the miracles be coming from God's ability to hide, 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 and no one can grasp Him? The answer is they will be coming from both. The miracles that I had spoken about before, in where the godly become so natural, the absolutely miraculous become so normal that no one even blinks their eye to even notice these miracles that are happening. And they just, it's just part of the natural order, but yet we're seeing such, unbe- yet such unbelievable things happen, but there's so much part of just natural world events that it just can be explained, like a Ahasuerus, but even more than that. These miracles are truly are coming from Hashem's ability to be low, 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 low without an end. And the Chiddush of Mashiach is, what's the Chiddush? The novelty is that God will give us, He will open our eyes, our render, that we will see even these miracles because they're so enmeshed, so, so embedded in nature. We shouldn't see them because they're so involved, they're so revealed, yet Hashem will give us the ability to notice them. But when Mashiach will come, there will also be a complete, uh, the other side as well. Even the miracles that happened by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, which, as we said before, come from God's transcendence, from the fact that He's hidden. When Mashiach will come, even higher, more transcendental, even greater levels of the Abishter being above will be revealed, even more re- hidden. In other words, the level of God being hidden, we understand, has many gazillion levels. In Mitzrayim, Hashem revealed the private side of Himself that you can't understand, and that's why He bewildered us. When Mashiach will come, there'll be even a deeper, mystic, hidden, inner element of the Abishter, even higher than Mitzrayim. That's what I brought to you from the Yalkut Shemayni, that even, that it's going to be, it's going to stun our brains even more than, than, than happened by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Yet, the, the, the great, great novelty of Mashiach is that not only, and here is the awesome idea, not only will we see the effects of the miracle, like things that don't make any sense happening in the world, the dead will come alive, and other things that the Torah, that the Torah promises, like really, not only will we see the effects of it, but the Chiddush is that we're going to be able to experience the godliness behind these, these, these miracles as well. Notice, even though the nature of that element is to remain hidden, the 
the, the Navi is telling us that what's going to happen now, in a sense, different than Mitzrayim. Because by Mitzrayim, when blood became, when water became blood, when the sea became dry land, we saw the effects of the miracle, but we couldn't comprehend the godliness. That's what we said earlier. But you see, in Mitzrayim, there was a difference. I want to do point out. By the ten makis, we saw the effects of the miracle, but we didn't see the godliness behind it. By the splitting of the sea, they didn't just see the sea split, they pointed their fingers and they said, Zekeli, this is my God. Ooh! So you see that by the splitting of the sea, they did perceive the godliness behind it, even though it was from the earth-shattering levels of miracles that come from God's from God being incomprehensible, yet they were able to perceive it. And you know the reason for that is? Because the splitting of the sea was totally futuristic. The splitting of the sea really belongs to the days of Mashiach. It's future. That's why when the Jews were at the sea, they sang about the future. And mainly this is going to be when Mashiach comes. That even though the nature of these miracles are of the private element of God, in which we're supposed to just naturally, we're just naturally talking about the nature of these miracles are, that when they have an effect on the world, we see their effects, but we remain mystified by the divine energy that's behind it. When Mashiach will come, nothing will be concealed. And even those, that godly, infinite, unknown, revel, unknown aspect of Hashem will be revealed. Will we comprehend? It will be revealed to our physical eyes. The magic will happen. We will be vessels we, the world, will be vessels to be able to absorb these, these unbelievable miracles. So really to summarize all of this, two powers are going to be in conjunction. Are gonna, we, we are experiencing and we are gonna, we're entering now into the season of these incredible miracles. To me there's no shadow of a doubt that at least the first level has happened already a while ago and is continuing to happen. The second aspect of the miracles are definitely going to start occurring or have already begun. But what, what we're talking about is these two, two, two distinct elements of miracles. One of them is the power, the miracles coming from God's ability to enclose himself into everything and to lower himself down lower and lower and lower. Those things are miracles where we don't at all bat an eyelash. But yet, these are, these are, these are coming from the Oysen of Gedolos Levado, from God's very self. On the other hand, miracles that are completely, completely earth-shattering, completely beyond all, yet even those we're going to apprehend, understand, comprehend them, and see them. And not only that, here is a very, here is a deeper Chiddush that as a result of we the Jewish people seeing them, that is going to affect that the world, the nature of the world, will rise up to be able to receive them and not go bunkers when it's receiving them. In other words, it will be stunning, but at the same time, it won't cause a breakage in the world because the world will rise and transcend itself. That make any sense? That's what, I just said something really crazy. The world itself will transcend itself, will transcend its natural limitations to be able to receive and not break from these transcendental miracles. And that part, which I didn't have any time to go through today, 
that part that the world itself will transcend itself and be able to become a vessel, a container for these miracles that are really uncontainable, that is related to the three and a half thousand years of our work as Jews in the world in which we, through our work of elevating sparks through Torah and mitzvahs, we completely redefine nature and enable nature to transcend itself, its very, very limitations, to become a vessel, to become completely transparent to God, and to become a vessel to receive that which is completely ain't And all of that happens and gets intensified in the month of Nisan, especially now. We never had a Pesach as powerful as this Pesach. Let's just remember that. You might be schlepping around saying, I gotta do this again. <gasps> I gotta do this again. Right? I gotta schlep the matzah, I gotta clean the thing, I gotta be the chametz again, I gotta. And sometimes it becomes. Remember one thing there has never been a Pesach as powerful as this Pesach. That's for sure, without any doubt. Now, because we've never been so into Mashiach's days like this Pesach. And all this light is here, it just requires for us to open our eyes and for us to go a little bit beyond our natural borders and limitations so that we ourselves can become vessels for all the miracles, the transcendental ones, the imminent ones, may we merit to experience all of them, may it be, may it happen now, may we experience and see this all in the third base of Migdash, already this Pesach. <laughs>